Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by J.D. Prater, and we're going to explore the topic of Quora. And I just want to let you know that J.D. is the chief evangelist for Quora, and I want to disclose to you that this is a guy that I pursued. This is not a paid appearance. Instead, we're going to dig deep into why marketers ought to take a second look at Quora. And if you've been struggling getting exposure for your content on Facebook, well, you might want to pay attention to this particular episode. By the way, you can reach me on Instagram at at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a great app that is going to help every marketer out there with all of their traveling needs, especially when it comes to the specific need of getting over or preparing for jet lag. Oh, talk to me. Yes. So you just came back from vacation. I just would have wished I had this on the way to and from social media marketing world. It is called Time Shifter. And what this does is it is an app on iOS and Android that was developed by scientists. And what it does is it analyzes your sleep patterns and then gives you suggestions of how to either prepare for adjusting to a time shift or prepare to acclimate back into your regular um, time zone. And what it does is it gives you different directions in terms of when you should see bright light or avoid bright light or have caffeine or not have caffeine or go to bed or wake up to get you on your regular rhythm when you have huge adjustments in your time zones. Wow, that's really cool. You said it was an app, so is it available for all devices? Yes, yes. So for iOS, for Android, it is available for both. Uh, It is a free app. There is some different subscription things that you can sign up for as in-app purchases based on what your usage would be. But for the most part, you're going to be able to use this to uh, get really quickly acclimated again to different time zones. This, I mean, again, this is one of those things I wish that I'd had it sooner to train myself for San Diego time and then back into uh, Indiana time where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. I was in Hawaii and um, the time difference between where you were and where I was was six hours. So, you know, um, I would imagine for people that are coming from overseas, this is a really big deal. Like if you're coming to America from Australia or from the United Kingdom or one of those kind of places, I would imagine this could be like a lifesaver for you for sure. 
Yeah, totally. So again, this is one of those ones where you just you'll you'll fire it up and start using it ahead of your trip, and then kind of near the 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 end of your trip and back when you're you're back home. And this just the little advice that it gives you and the reminders that it'll say, hey, by the way, like now's when you should be turning off all your lights, or now's when you need to get up <laughs> so that you you know get acclimated quicker. Right. The, it, yeah. It's just it's a where do we find this thing? So it's called Time Shifter, and you can find it at timeshifter.com. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for my interview with J.D. Prater. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by J.D. Prater. If you don't know who he is, he's Quora's full-time evangelist. He's a speaker, and he's host of the Grow With Quora podcast, and he's also the California state champion in cyclocross. J.D., welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Michael, for having me. I'm excited to have somebody who works for Quora on my podcast. This is the first time I've ever had anybody on my show that actually works for one of the majors. And this is kind of exciting. And what JD and I are going to explore today is how marketers ought to take a second look at Quora and what it can do for your business. Now, JD, before we get there, would love to hear a little bit of your backstory. How did you get into Quora? Not just into the company, but you know, your obsession with it, if you will. And, and if you want to back up and just talk about marketing in general, start wherever you want to start. Yeah, definitely. So Man, I'm just probably like most people listening where you just kind of land into marketing. So it was one of those things where it's my first job. I'm, you know, master's degree in political science. I'm living in D.C. thinking that I'm going to go work for, you know, maybe the government, maybe for some of these, you know, nonprofits. Well, I end up at a nonprofit and they're like, hey, new guy, uh, we have this Facebook and this Twitter. Go figure this out. And hey, we have this Google AdWords account, go figure this out. And it gets pretty addictive. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. You make a change, something happens and you get, you know, kind of measure and figure out what's going on. And that was back in the day when organic was all the rage where you could post stuff, you know, time of day mattered. Right. And so how, I loved how, it. How far that, back, what year are we talking here? Oh, that was like 2000, what, 2010 kind okay, of getting cool. started, 2009, 2010. Awesome. And then so, what happened? Then, you know, 
you kind of have some fun. You you move around and eventually end up in agency life. Um, loved agency life. Loved working with a bunch of different clients. Made my way to the head of paid social. So this is when Facebook was really coming on. So we're talking like 2014, 2015. Ads are becoming a big deal. And now we're trying to prove this out and you know tell clients, hey, you need to be giving this a second look. And ultimately... Uh, parted ways that was when I was at Hennepin came to a PPC analytics and reporting tool. So that was interesting agency to like a tool that I was using every day and got to ultimately help marketers with their reporting, which no one likes to do and help them tracking and measuring with some analytics tools, which led me to Cora. I got in as, um, into like their beta when they were launching this new ads platform. We were like one of a hundred companies that got in and found amazing results like i mean it was way cheaper for us to advertise on there than it was for facebook and adwords and being so we ended up doing a case study with them we did a podcast with them um and we kind of just cultivated this relationship over the next year and a half to where they were like hey we're looking to hire someone we think you would be perfect because you're already writing these blogs you're already speaking you're already doing this as like a natural extension do you want to come do this full time and I said, yes, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. How long ago was that? That was last September. So we're still pretty new. I mean, we're only talking, what About is that? 2000, seven, 2018. Yeah. So cool. That's correct. For those that are listening in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us what you're doing now for Quora. Yeah. So now I'm an evangelist, which is like the most techie Silicon Valley title in the world. But really where I sit is this idea of content marketing, this idea of brand marketing, PR, and demand gen. So that de driving demand of our brand. And so I, that's how I kind of think about my role. And so what that entails is that's a lot of you know guest posts. So I, I write blogs. I come on podcasts like this one. I go out and speak at events and really try to evangelize Quora for, as a platform for users, but also to advertisers with our new ads platform. So Quora has been out for a while and it was definitely a big deal in the social media world when it first released. Cause I remember it as an alternative to like LinkedIn, uh, Q and a and, and, um, uh, how long has Quora been out? Do you know? Yeah. We are actually going to be celebrating our 10 year anniversary in June. Wow. Well, it definitely wasn't when Quora first came out that it became all the rage. I think it had been out for a while by the time it kind of kind of had this spike of interest among social media marketers, which I'm guessing is probably about five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. um, what I would love to hear is why should marketers consider Quora in an age where we don't hear about Quora as much as we hear about Facebook and Twitter and Google? You know, what is it about Quora in particular that maybe ought to spark uh, the attention of marketers? Yeah, that's a great question. It's probably the number one question that I get from marketers is, look, Facebook has 2.5 billion people. Why would I need to go anywhere else? And the fact of the matter is, you know, people are on different platforms and they're at different stages of the buying uh, cycle whenever they're on them. So Quora is great. It's question and answer. So as a marketer, these questions, these are demand driven, meaning your customers are asking these questions about you, your competitors, or maybe your products and your services. And it's a easy way 
to get in front of them to represent your brand, represent your service by just answering questions. So that's a really good way to kind of think through it. And then from the advertising perspective, this is where you get to like reach and influence people whenever they are going out there and evaluating products when they're researching. So this really is I put us kind of in this middle between not quite social where people are going on, you know, maybe just because they're bored, maybe they want to connect with friends, but not quite search where I already have the idea of what I'm looking for in mind. So we kind of sit right in the middle of those two. Well, let's dig in. Um, let, let's, let's ask a bunch of questions that will I think ra- allow marketers to understand this a little better. First of all, you know, how in the world do we describe, you kind of mentioned what is Quora, but I'd like to, I'd like to ask, I'm just going to ask you a slew of questions. I'll ask them all right now, and then we can go through them one at a time, which is what the heck is Quora? What's its use case? And then let's talk about some of the dem- demographics. So start wherever you want to start there. Yeah. So what is Quora? So I think in the, and we are like one of the most like mission driven companies out there, as I'm sure everyone thinks they are, but like we are literally trying to grow and share the world's knowledge. And that's so hard. I mean, think about where all that knowledge lives. It's living in books and libraries, it's in magazines, it's in podcasts, like just like this one. So how do we get all that knowledge? And how do we put it on the internet to where anyone can access it and learn from it and grow from it? So that's kind of how we think through it as far as our mission, but how we do it is really interesting for me. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Let me ask you this question. Do you consider yourselves kind of like the Wikipedia of Q&A? I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing (laughs) that out there. Yeah. So we, we love Wikipedia and how we differentiate a little bit. So Wikipedia is really looking for long form. These are hard truths. Right. So this war happened in 1787. Right. right? But what we know with a lot of knowledge is it actually is experiential. It's subjective. And a lot of times there can be multiple opinions that are correct. And that's where Cora really wins is that long tail. So where Wikipedia is going to be, this battle happened. It's, a you know, right. uh, I am Michael Stelzner. This is my, you know, my bio. Right. Um, you know, that's going to look a little bit different than on Cora. But yeah. Very yeah, similar, but it's definitely it's definitely a question and answer platform, right? I mean, if we had That's to correct. if we had to simplify it down to the most basic thing, it's where people go to get their questions answered, right? Yep, yep. It's where they come to like learn about the world about them. That's kind of how we think about it. Cool. So, um, what's the you were gonna? I don't remember where you were going, but um, maybe some of the use cases or where were we? Yeah, we're, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we, I like to like. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize this. And this is where I think it's, this is my geekiness coming out is how we do it. And we use a a lot of machine learning and AI similar to Twitter, to Facebook, to LinkedIn. And we think of it as like knowledge routing. And that's where I get like really excited. It's like, how do we use machine learning AI to route knowledge to JD, the marketer, to Michael, or to those listening that we know that, hey, you're an expert on this topic. Will you answer this? And then how do we surface those answers back to fellow experts who can then upvote and say, yes, like this is a good one. And back to the community and say, this actually is a really good answer. Let's upvote that. And so it's this really kind of moving the right question in the right answer to the right person at the right time. And so everyone has a very different feed. And it's all personalized to you. So the more you use Quora, the better that feed gets. So wait, what I'm hearing you say is that as people use Quora, you get to know what they're an expert in. And if somebody asks a question about something that someone else is an expert in, then you might 
query that person to answer that question? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, that's correct. And so, yes, we query them to answer, but also you as the user, this is where I love it. So, um, you can actually write a question and then reach out to people to answer it. Mm. And that I love that one as a marketer. Fascinating. Okay. So, um, Let's talk about like the different ways that people are using Quora. Yeah. So different ways that people are using it. So we're talking about some of those demographics. You know, we're just over 300 million um, unique monthly visitors coming into Quora. And we're like pretty excited about that. We've been flying under the radar. And now we're this is kind of like our, our coming out. And about half of that audience. So just under 150 million is in the U.S. And so. Wow. That one we can share now and whenever we think about it, we have roughly, you know, a third, almost 40% of the U.S. audience is using uh, Quora at some point every month. And what you can do with it is a couple of things. I'm I'm dubbing this the Quora flywheel. It's all about the flywheel this year, okay. right? I mean, yeah. listening to HubSpot, it's all about the flywheel. So Now, hold on a second. Uh, hold on a second. So there's 300 million people that are using the platform every single month. How yeah. are they getting to the platform? Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways. So, uh, we have our app, right? So you can download the app and you come in through it that way. You can come through desktop or uh, mobile web. So maybe you're querying something in, uh, in Bing or Google and we rank pretty well on some of those questions. And so a lot of people are coming through us through organic search. And then, uh, lastly we have for our users, we have our email digest and our digest goes out, uh, every day or every week, kind of depending on your settings, where we show you the the top questions and answers for you that day. And so a lot of people come in that way as well. Uh, do you find certain kinds of topics are more prevalent than other kinds of topics on the platform? Because I think it'd be useful to kind of know the breadth of topics that you do cover on the platform as marketers are listening, and they might be from a wide range of different industries. And I'm curious what kind of topical discussions are typically discussed. You, you can feel free to like broaden it out as much as you want. Yeah, I mean, this is a really good one. And it's it's one that we're kind of working on. So we released our first ever topic wheel back in 2017. And what we found was, it's really well distributed. Uh, like we, we really do make sure that we're covering all the topics as much as we can. And they're really getting a lot of equal coverage. But I'll give you a few numbers that are I think are really exciting. Because what we did for 2018 was we put out an infographic. And what we did was we took all those questions and we rolled them up into topics. And that's how Quora is organized. And then we took those smaller topics, rolled those into bigger topics. So a bigger topic would be, uh, let's say, higher education. So if you're in higher education, there are 16 million followers following higher education. In 2018, they asked over 600,000 questions. Wow. Um, let's go into auto. So maybe you have, you're working in auto. There were 7 million followers there and half a million questions answered our questions um, put up there on Quora and then some of our bigger ones. So entertainment, 83 million followers, over a million questions asked. And so it's kind of interesting when you think about a lot of people are like, oh, is this B2B or is this B2C? And you can really quickly see it really is B2B and B2C. We don't do well necessarily for like e-commerce because of like very specific products on the advertising side, but we do well for e-commerce and answering those questions and positioning your products in front of users that are asking the right questions. I would imagine there's a lot under the category of business as well. Oh yeah. Business was like one of our top five. So there were, let's see here, 
59 million followers, 1.4 million questions asked in 2018 alone. Wow. So that means that there are um, lots of opportunities for marketers in just about every category you could possibly imagine, because if people are asking questions, you have the opportunity to answer those questions, right? Um, right. And get in front of that audience. Um, in addition, uh, you also have the opportunity to advertise to that particular audience, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I mean, this is just kind of helping people understand and wrap their head around the opportunities that present themselves uh, with the Quora platform. Um, you, you mentioned that you have an email, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, newsletter that you send out. So are you querying people and encouraging them to kind of not just go on the platform and read the questions and leave, but to actually become a member? And I don't know how to describe that, but an active user so that you capture their information and get them into the platform. Yeah, that's right. So within our email, we call it our digest email. And it's really, again, it's a personalized email that goes out at scale to um, our Quora users. And it's really trying to, I mean, yes, we would say activate them, you know, bring them back in, but it's also really trying to provide value to them because ultimately we want them to learn and to grow. Um, and we feel like this email is one of those ways. Got it. Okay. So um, you mentioned the flywheel and I think you're getting into the next question, which is what the heck can we do with Quora? Because there's a lot we can do. <laughs> so let's, let's go through your flywheel. Yeah. So We've heard from a lot of marketers and we've talked to a bunch of different um, types of marketers and we kind of funneled it down into three main categories within the flywheel. So the very first one is establishing thought leadership. We are going to go into the next pillar, which is use content marketing that you already have and which is leads into the third one, which is reach and influence potential customers with advertising, which again, flows right back up into establishing thought leadership. So that's our quick yep. uh, flywheel, establish thought leadership, yeah. content marketing, reach in with advertising. So let's dig into each one of them. Um, let's start with the thought leadership. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So within our thought leadership, um, how it's currently being played out is we have a lot of uh, C-suite is what really where I, I see this mostly is They'll come in, these are your CMOs, your uh, CEOs, maybe a CFO, maybe it's a VP, and they're out there just answering questions to really help position themselves and earn that credibility as a thought leader. Uh, we're hearing from a lot of B2B marketers that um, the time spent reading and looking for thought leadership type of questions has only gone up in the last two years. And so we find that Quora is a great place to go answer those demand-driven questions and establish yourself as a thought leader by really providing the best possible answer. You know, provide value up front and you get rewarded with that later. And so we're seeing a few of these people that have reached like 60 million views on their answers. Wow. And you're just like, whoa, what? <laughs> now, um, isn't there like a best answer function or something like that. I can't, I don't know if I'm mistaken or not, but is one answer ultimately like voted up as the favorite answer when there is a question and a lot of people answer it? How does that work? Yeah. So our, our answers do rank, you know, it is very similar to like what you would see in like Google search. So for you SEOs out there and you kind of understand that is there will be a more relevant or best answer. And that always happens. So even if you have a hundred question or a hundred answers, 
or if you only have one answer. And so that's why it's also really important, I think, to be that first or second answer on any given question. So getting in there and being first, because it's going to be hard to kind of trump your answer or provide something different. So that's my little tactic for you guys out there looking uh, for which questions you should answer. Try to be first. You mentioned it was a lot of the C-suite people that are out there doing this, but I would imagine people that are coaches and consultants are also mm. out there actively doing this. Is that correct? That is correct. That That's a really good point. There's a lot of uh, those types as well. And for some of you out there, you are maybe the marketing manager and you're the one writing the answers for your C-suite. And so we, uh, we're fully aware there um, that that is also happening. So when... The establishing thought leadership, when we think of that, we're really, you really mean like be the one that writes the thorough answer so that it becomes the rec the recommended answer or whatever you call it. Is that what I'm hearing you say or is there something more to it than that? Yeah. So I think there's, there's a, a second part to that is you, you nailed it, you know, be the best answer, provide the best, the most value. And then second, what ends up happening is if you answer, let's say 20, 30 questions on the same topic. And now someone is putting in a question for the first time and then they're like, okay, I need to go get some answers for this. We actually surface the best people as potential answers. So the people that are writing the most, they're providing the best answers. So it really is this kind of snowball effect to where you're actually getting in front of uh, the right type of people that are asking these questions and now they're looking to you to answer it. And so you can become that person that they look to to answer without you even have to go out and looking for answers. It's, questions. Yeah, it's kind of like what Upwork does. I don't know if you ever used Upwork, but if you're looking for a particular kind of programmer, um, it'll recommend a couple to, you know, encourage them to bid, if you will, on the project. Mm -hmm. Is it a similar kind of concept where once Cora realizes that uh, JD is like the expert on um, cyclocross um, and someone's got a question about cyclocross, they're going to they're going to they're going to say, hey, we recommend you, I don't know, invite this guy to respond or how does that work exactly? Yeah, that's correct. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's exactly how that will work. And so if you're that person, you're going to be able to get a lot of organic reach, but you're also going to helpfully be the best answer. So that you are correct. Just like that. Now I would imagine some of these questions are the same questions that get asked over and over again. Um, so if you are a thought leader, you might want to have a repository of answers. I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, the first part of that, um, duplicate, question. So our, we, we do our best and our AI is getting better every day at uh, recognizing when a question is the same question. So we look at that as the actual words are the same. And then we're actually starting to understand intent, which is where most questions end up being a slightly different intent. And so uh, we do do our best to say, oh, yeah, this question's already been asked. Here it is. Just go read the, those answers. Or then second, you may ask that question and then going through review, it might get merged into another question that has already been asked. And so we, we do our best there to really kind of make sure that we are getting net new questions. Well, that's an important thing for everyone listening to kind of wrap their brain around, because if you um, if you can be active on the platform and you can get involved with popular questions, you have a chance to get a lot of exposure is what I'm really hearing you say. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's correct. We have, I mean, again, some of our top writers, uh, they get picked up in, by Forbes, um, by Inc. Um, this, uh, <laughs> our community on Game of Thrones got picked up um, huh. from another publication because of uh, their analysis on the latest episode. That was pretty interesting. Huh. And then we, we actually saw uh, our Cora community also get picked up because of uh, – the latest will the Queen Elizabeth and Charles be buried in different places in the core community had an answer for it and it got picked up. So it's kind of interesting to see what happens when journalists are looking for answers. A lot of times they do come to Cora and if your answer is there, it may get picked up and quoted. Now, um, do you have any kind of system that somehow either adds a badge or a ranking to very active members inside the community so that users can differentiate whether or not someone is quote unquote an expert or not? Yeah, so we do. So uh, we have two different ones. So we have a most viewed writer and that one gets placed every 30 days. So every 30 days, it's a most viewed writer by topic. So if you're going to go like very specific, let's say we're just talking social media marketing or maybe it's just Facebook ads. If your answers are getting the most views, you can become a most viewed writer that way. And then at the end of the year, we actually give away our top writer awards, and those are the most highly coveted um, awards and badges to get because that means you are truly an expert. You're getting you know millions of views, and then we do some special activities for them as well as you know as far as swag, but also flying them out and having some fun with them. Is there a limit to the length of the question someone can ask? Is it typically a sentence or is it paragraphs? Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, I don't know if we have like a specific length. I've seen some like pretty, uh, long questions before where someone wanted to provide like a very specific instance, you know, and kind of like give you the full detail. Right. The, another thing that we do as well is you can actually link like an article to a question. Uh-huh. So maybe you saw the, an article on social media examiner and you're like, Oh, this is really great. I want to go ask this question and you can link to it to help provide reference. Excellent. All right, cool. So we we talked about establishing thought leadership. I would love to talk about the content marketing side of it. So talk to me about that. There might be some overlap, but let's let's dig into it. Yeah. So the overlap here is it's very similar, and it's really you have a ton of content probably on your blog, and you may have a ton of content that may not be getting the eyeballs that you wish it was. And so what you can do is help distribute and amplify that content by answering questions with it on Quora. And so it's a pretty quick and easy win, in my opinion. And I've seen a lot of really smart content marketing um, and SEOs take advantage of this. So most of your blogs are answering questions. Talk to me me about like, let's talk through an example of how that works and how that might benefit a marketer. Because obviously marketers are thinking to themselves right now, well, isn't my goal to drive traffic to my blog, not necessarily to Quora. So let's talk through that a little bit. 100%. 100% it is your goal to drive traffic to your blog. And what's difficult is it's tough. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's tough. Right. I mean, whenever we look at, um, let's, I mean, even think of like the half-life of a Facebook post or thinking about a tweet and how quickly those are going away. But on Quora, it's evergreen. It lasts forever. All of our content is indexed by Google. And so it's going to last. What you post today will be around in a year and two years, hopefully 20 years from now. And so what we are encouraging you to do is to, you know, take the time and just do some quick, maybe copy paste. So let's just take a a question. Maybe the question is, 
um, something around Facebook advertising, right? Since I know a lot of people here are probably have a ton of questions about that. Right. <laughs> and what you can do is you may already have that answer already on your blog. And now let's just amplify it. So let's, let's, let's take it. Let's put it onto core. Let's copy paste. And then what you can easily do at the end of it is just say, Hey, if you want to read more, if you want more information, and then you can link to that blog. Um, so maybe just take a, a snippet of it. Maybe you take the first hundred, 200 words to kind of answer the question. If they want to learn more, go deeper, drive them back to your blog. And that's a pretty easy and quick win. Got it. And you do not penalize a post that has a link to an external uh, site, as long as it's got a quality answer is what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. If you're going to do a straight up copy paste, um, my, you make sure that you put it in, uh, we would call it quotes, you know, as if you were like citing it and that'll help our, um, AI system know, because we do flag if we see duplicate content. So we're also scraping, um, you know, the web as well to make sure that we're not getting a lot of like duplicate content as far as answers, but also, you know, making sure that if you want to reword it, rework it, that's in, you can do that as well. But if you're going to just copy paste, put it in brackets, put it in quotes. How, okay. I guess here's the next question. How, let's say we're an expert in, I don't know, Facebook ads, since we're on that topic, let's say I, I'm not, but let's say I am a Facebook ads expert. How do I even know, like, is there a way to get notified whenever anybody posts a question about Facebook ads so that I can quickly get out there and answer it? hundred percent. So, uh, you can follow topics. So all of our topics are followed. So, um, uh, earlier I mentioned that there were, you know, 59 million followers for business. Those are all those people have raised their hand to say, I want to follow this topic and see more of it. And so what ends up happening is when you start following that topic, answering questions on that topic, you're going to tailor your feed, also going to tailor all those notifications to you. And so that's a really easy way for you to kind of follow and keep up. Another thing that you can do is also you can follow privately, which is a really fun one. So every question can be followed privately. And why would you want to do that? Well, maybe you want to be notified when people are answering it. So maybe it's a question about your brand. Maybe it's a question that you've answered and you just want to see how people are responding to it and how people are answering. And so you can uh, follow privately, which means people won't see that you are. And you'll get notified every time. It's so you a good could also little, follow little your competition is what I'm hearing. Yes, you say. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going. <laughs> now, um, how do you get notified? Is it email versus app and or all of the above? That is correct. It'll be both. Um, so we'll, we'll notify you an app and then we'll also send you an email. When someone does post a question, how long till typically they get some answers? It's usually pretty quick. So if you, so if you just, there's, there's a couple of scenarios. If, if you just post a question, but you don't have any requests, meaning you didn't request any answers from people, that one's going to be a little longer. So don't, don't be surprised if that one takes a few days, maybe in a couple of weeks, maybe no, nothing at all, because no one knows that it really exists because of, you know, how many questions are coming out. So I always encourage people to take advantage of what we call ask to answer. So we request answers and that'll get you something in the like next 24 hours real quick. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked about how to establish thought leadership and how to potentially get some content marketing benefits by putting some of the stuff you've already written onto the Quora platform. Um, the last thing you mentioned was how to reach, um, uh, well, actually, why don't you state it? I don't know exactly what you said. Yeah. So reach and influence, right? There you go. 
uh, reach and influence your potential uh, potential customers. So I'm going to stay on um, the content thought leadership piece and really uh, talk about promoted answers. So this one, again, you guys are out there. Maybe your job is to drive that traffic back to your website. You can now take any answer on the platform. So this could be your own answer. It could be that thought leadership piece answer. It could even be uh, a customer giving you a great review. And you can actually boost it. You can promote it. And it's a really great way to get more reach, more eyeballs, and then you can define the targeting of who you want to see it. So that one's a really great win. So let's talk about that. Give us an example of how that might work. Yeah. So we've seen a couple uh, different ways of using it. So um, some people use it for top of funnel awareness building because uh, they just really want people to know that they exist and they're going to provide value maybe from like their CMO answered a question and they talked about this really like in-depth question and they gave it a really great answer. And that's how they, uh, and maybe at the end they're linking back to their website and to their blog. What they're also doing is you can now retarget anyone that has seen that question. So you can really build a funnel uh, for all of you Facebook people. It's just like whenever you're running video ad campaigns and then you're retargeting everyone who's seen maybe 10 seconds, 25 it's seconds, like, yeah, 25%. Engaged, you're engaged users or whatever, right? Yeah. So you can target engaged users on those answers and lead them back to maybe that download, you know, that you're really trying to get them to do. So help me understand like how this um, behaves differently on the platform than the organic stuff. Like just to draw a picture in our mind, like let's say we posted a question about uh, a software tool, let's say hypothetically, right? And you happen to be the software company that that is actually uh, the people are inquiring from, like how could you use this? Talk to me a little bit. Yeah, for so for the HR, uh, sorry, I don't know if we said HR, but HR software is where I went. So HR software. Okay. And um, so maybe you are going to write the answer. And so that's going to give you the organic answer, which is good because that's going to be that thought leadership. And maybe you use some of your blog to answer that question, so that, that content piece. And now you're going to just pay to promote it, which is that promoted answer piece. So what you're going to do now is you can either do it in the interface. You can also go and set up a, an ads account either way. So it's very similar to like a Facebook boost, right? And you're going to boost it. You're going to promote it. And what you'll end up doing is you'll go through, you'll define how much, you know, is it $10 a day? Is it, you know, $20 total? Let's see what we can get out there. And then you'll go through and add your audience targeting, your location targeting, and you'll kind of uh, kick it off from there. So maybe for that audience targeting, maybe you want to target everyone that's interested in HR software. And so what you can do is a couple of things. You can do the topic, HR software. You can also target based off keywords. So if you have certain keywords that you know are driving the right type of traffic that you want to hit, these will be all the keywords in questions. So they're not keywords and answers. It's only in the question that you'll be targeting and you can target based off that. So when you quote unquote boost your answer, does it boost the question and the answer kind of collaboratively or how does that work exactly? It does. It will, it will, uh, what you'll see is it'll look very much like an organic question and answer right into the feed. Uh, the only difference is it'll say sponsored and it'll say sponsored by, and then, you know, of course your brand name. And it will not show the other answers that are not paid for. Is that correct? That is correct. It'll just show yours. And what's the advantage of that? Um, if I am the HR software company and I feel like this is a question that a lot of people have about my software, right? And we write a really good answer and we decide to boost it. Um, why would we do that? Talk me through that a little bit. 
Yeah. So I think a lot of it is immediacy. It's, it's urgency, right? And so you just want to get it out there and you want people to see your answer. And that's one aspect of it. Second part is maybe you just want to drive traffic, you know, back to your website. And so you got an answer that's linking back to your blog. And so what you can do is, you know, drive that traffic to your blog. Maybe it's, you have like your, your leads magnet or something up there that you want to drive back to. We've seen people utilize uh, a YouTube video in their answer. Hmm. So that's another great way because if you're using YouTube, you can also retarget people who have viewed your YouTube video. So it's another great way to get views. <laughs> so yeah, you can use Cora to leverage, you know, your website traffic, your video views, and it works kind of the same. Um, I think I heard you say, and, and I might've missed this, but can you only turn a answer into an ad or can you just flat out decide to advertise to everybody who's asked any question about the HR software? Let's say you have a new version out or something. Yeah. So, uh, that one was a, uh, specifically, uh, an ad unit called promoted answers. The other way that you can also advertise is using image ads and our text ads. So that's going to be straight out advertising. It's going to, you know, very much feel like an ad. It's going to look like an ad and it'll look very similar. We've seen really inventive um, advertisers and they're really getting smart about um, maybe their headline is a question because mm. core is a question and answer. And so we're seeing them test and uh, try to figure out what works well in the platform and so, so like, what, when uh, is the new version of the software out answer today, <laughs> today, you know, by now, you know, and yeah. so, yeah, it'll be, you know, and you can, you know, use your CTA by now, it'll say sponsored by you. And so that'll be very much, um, an ad, you know, uh, like what you would see on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, it'll be sponsored by, whereas the promoted answer really does look like a question and answer that is sponsored. Um, you kind of mentioned there was some multimedia functionality inside of Quora. Most people probably think of it purely as text, but can you upload images and can you also natively do video or are you just linked to uh, YouTube video kind of links? Yeah. So I'll answer the first part. So the first part is, I mean, we are mostly text. We are text based, which is why I like Quora so much. The intent is there. If people are reading, you know, you're reading, you know, <laughs> There's, it's kind of hard to scan when you're looking for that answer. So the intent is there, which is re really cool. And then what we do is uh, we have text ads and image ads. Our image ads are going to um, have like a small little like thumbnail um, image. For that one, I would recommend try not to use too much text. So this is where like, again, that Facebook 20% rule is going to apply also for us mm. uh, just because it's, it's, it's difficult to read the text just because it is a smaller thumbnail. So the image is really there to kind of draw your eye to it. So, you know, definitely play around with your creative and understand that. And then the last question that you had was around native video. So we actually tested this. We tested uh, a few years back of people can answer questions using video. And at the time, we, we just weren't quite there yet to have video on Quora. And so it didn't really uh, perform well. We didn't great, get great user feedback. And so I think it's something that we may revisit later. But at this point, we don't have a native video option. And so but you, uh, But the YouTube player does YouTube. pop up. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. The YouTube player is something that where, uh, I would make that recommendation YouTube player, or, you know, if you have a Vimeo link, something like that. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else about ads before I ask you what's coming next from Quora? 
Yeah, I think the only thing that I would um, just kind of like think through is uh, we also offer some different types of targeting. And so it's the only thing I really kind of want to hit on is within our, uh, we talked about topic targeting. And so within Quora, it will feel very search and social because what we have is contextual based advertising placements. And that's what search is going to feel like. So you can put an ad on a a very specific topic or a very specific question. But we also have behavioral targeting. This is where that social is going to feel like. And so based off people's interest, based off what they've engaged with in the past. And so you can kind of uh, play around and understand what's going to work really well for you using behavioral and contextual. Awesome. So um, what is next for uh, what's coming in the future for businesses specifically uh, with Quora? Yeah. So this one I'm pretty excited about is one that uh, we've, it's been a a request for a while. We're finally uh, building it out. And so we're going to be launching business accounts. So hopefully soon you'll be able to go in and set up a business account, meaning I could set up something for Quora for business as a, as an account, and I can link different people to it. We can go out, maybe we can answer questions on behalf of the business because a lot of times the business does actually have the best answer. Mm. This is why you exist, right? And so, uh, being able to do that and the, the really, I think the other part to this is really for the user. A lot of users aren't comfortable or maybe don't have the knowledge to write about their company. Maybe it's like really engineering heavy and they're like, I don't understand how data visualization, you know what I mean? It works or something. And so, um, that's exciting. So is this, does this mean that the business will be able to answer as the business? So for example, if social media examiner had a business account, we, we could answer it as social media examiner and you'd see our little logo with our scout guy in it. Um, rather than one of our employees answering it on behalf of the business. A hundred percent. That is correct. And that that's why I'm so excited because people leave and go from companies. They don't want to necessarily want to write about their company, but now right. we're giving them that option to set up a business account and hopefully uh, we'll see how everyone likes it. Right now they're in beta and so they'll be launching here pretty shortly. I would imagine you're going to need to ultimately have a verified check mark on some of these major businesses yes. as well, right? <laughs> yes. Because yes. you'll have a lot of people acting like they work for the business, but they really don't, right? <laughs> Yes, that is something that we are uh, definitely thinking through of how to verify. And so there's a couple of different ways that we're thinking through it. You know, is it is it a pixel? Um, Is it a a company email that's going to have to verify, you know, like a two step verification process? So there's a there's a couple of different ways that we can accomplish that. Well, a lot of the major socials end up um, doing it through DNS uh, records, you know, where you put a Mm. unique identifier in the DNS record. So any idea when this is going to be out of beta? Yeah, we're hoping by the end of Q2. So we're hoping that this is going to be coming out uh, mid to late June, maybe early July. Perfect. Of 2019. So, so you may, it may actually be out, you know, shortly after this podcast comes out. Um, I would imagine if they want to find out about that, they could just go to Quora and I would imagine it'll be promoted all over the place or how would they find out about that? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you can go to Cora.com forward slash business okay. and we'll definitely make sure um, it'll be there. You'll have access to uh, our blog and our resources, which so we'll have one pages up on how to set it up cool. and we'll definitely be announcing it. So it'll be good. Awesome. Well, uh, JD, if people want to discover more about uh, Quora in general, Quora ads, 
um, you, where do you want to send them? I mean, is there any particular URL other than Quora.com slash business you want to send them to? Yeah, I think the uh, forward slash business is going to be the very best way. From there, you'll be able to access our podcast, um, our newsletter. And um, if you want to f- uh, find me, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So at JD Prater and feel free to tweet me your questions. I'm a lot of times I'm a lot of people's uh, help and support, but uh, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and just in case you want to know how to spell his last name, it's P-R-A-T-E-R. Um, even though it sounds a little bit like a D, uh, P-R-A-T-E-R. Uh, JD, on behalf of all of my audience, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing uh, your insight into how to use the Quora platform. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me on and for everything that you're doing for the marketing community. I, I really appreciate it. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. We took all the notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 357. And by the way, if you haven't done so in a while, I would love it if you would consider giving this podcast a review, socialmediaexaminer.com slash Apple, or you can just scroll up if you're an Apple user. And if you're using some other platform, I would love a review as well. And just let me know what you think about the show. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world, hopefully in a good way. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.